Happy New Year. Hopefully this year goes a lot smoother and we're going to make the most of 2021. I want to say thank you to the guys who covered the last few weeks. Uh, gave me a break and I'm, I thought they did a great job. So very thankful for, for those guys. Look, something we do uh, to kick off each year is to talk culture and specifically the culture at Southridge. Our, our church is unique because our culture is unique. Um, you know, we're different than other churches in our area, and it's not that we're better, it's just that we're different. So, so here's how we would define culture. Culture is the mission, vision, and values of an organization. So if we look at the mission part of it, our mission would probably be the same as, as many other churches in our area. It's to make followers of Jesus, which is the great commission that Jesus gave us in uh, Matthew 28. But we say it a little bit differently. Uh, like when we talk about our mission, we say our mission is to inspire people to follow Jesus. And then to build off of that is our vision. And our vision is going to be a little different than other churches as we look at creating spaces for people to be inspired to follow Jesus every day of the week. And then off of the mission and vision are our values. And our values are going to be different than other churches. Again, not necessarily better, just different. And this series is going to dive into four values that makes our church distinct from other churches in our area. So if you're looking for a church and want to know what they value, take a moment to, to, to follow the money. Yeah, take a minute to follow the money. Where the money goes shows what they value as a church. And if you're wondering, what do we value? You're more than welcome to, to take a gander at our books. Well, today we're going to look at good news. So I have a question. How many people do you know who have walked away from faith? Some of you might, be, might have a son or a daughter that's on your mind. Uh, others, you may have a parent that's on your mind. Some, you might have a teammate, a coworker, a neighbor. Most of us, we know of a Christian celebrity who has walked away from faith. For one reason or another, all of these people have walked away from faith. I know personally more than a handful who've walked away from their faith most of them would consider themselves at one time a Christian, but no longer. Others would consider themselves spiritual, but they're still searching. Um, some would say that they left the church, but they haven't left Christ. I hear that one a lot. See, it's a different story for everyone who has walked away from faith. It is. Everyone has a different reason why they walked away. For some, their faith didn't have any answers to college professors. For, for others, their faith didn't match their political party's platform. For others, their, their faith wasn't a match with their spouse. And in order to keep the, the marriage at peace, they were better off remaining quiet. For some, their faith was about getting into heaven decades down the road. For some, their faith was, was not going to hell when they die. There's a, a couple more that they had a, like they made a prayer uh, when, uh, because that's what their friends were doing at the last of the summer camp. For some, 
their faith was something that made their parents proud, and so they begrudgingly went through things just to keep their parents happy. Perhaps you are one of those people who had faith at one point in your life, and you've walked away from it. May I ask you an honest question that requires an honest answer? What if your faith wasn't the Christian faith described in the Bible, and specifically described in the New Testament? And the reason why I ask that is because almost all of those who we read about in the New Testament who believed in the resurrection of Jesus faced all the above situations, and yet their faith only grew. It only strengthened. We, we do have a couple of stories of those in the New Testament who walked away from faith and come to find out that they didn't understand faith. They got, they got it wrong. So getting the what and, and the why right is so important to a growing faith. So as we jump in this morning, I think it's really important that we answer the what before we answer the why. So, so allow me to first define the gospel as we may have some listening, watching, that may not know what the gospel is, who may never have heard of the gospel. Well, the gospel literally means good news. It was a word common in the Greek language. So when the New Testament was being written, this is a word described good news. And so they used it, the New Testament writers used it to refer to the message that God saves us from spiritual death and makes us spiritually alive through Jesus' death and resurrection. So we're spiritually dead, and the good news is that Jesus makes us, God makes us through Jesus' death and resurrection spiritually alive. So Christianity was so vastly different. You had religion, you had the Greek and Roman religions, but yet Christianity was so different than anything else. Christianity outlasted these religions because it was so different. Christianity continues to be different. Even in 2021, it continues to be different than any other religion. Religion says, it's like at its core, if I obey God, God will love me, but yet the gospel says, because God loves me, I can obey. Religion would say, it depends what, what I do for God. The gospel says, no, it depends, depending on what Jesus did for you. Religion, it says, it comes down to me. The gospel says, it came down to Jesus. Religion says, God doesn't love me if bad things are happening to me. The gospel would declare and declares that God loved you that he had the worst thing happen to the best person for you. Religion would say, I'm not sure where I stand with God. <laughs> the gospel says, I'm sure I stand with God because of what Jesus did. Look, I believe that we have people walking away from faith because they have mixed and matched the gospel with religion. They, they put the two together that were never, never meant to be together. The gospel doesn't just save you or provide you your ticket into heaven. It's so much better than that. It's the full experience of life with Jesus as the leader of your life. The good news is not just for tomorrow, but it's for today. It's for today. So we see the gospel play out in our lives in four ways. The first way is this. It's what God does for us. It's what God does for us. See, God the Father sent his son Jesus on a mission to take our place, 
and defeat sin, death, and hell through his death and resurrection. So God pursues, he rescues, he saves, and he makes us alive. <laughs> he does all the work. Notice what, what Paul writes. He says, but God is so rich in mercy. He loves us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you've been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. The takeaway is that the focus of our faith, it must be on Jesus. My grandparents haven't had a really good track record when it comes to churches. And one of the things that my grandma has always said to me is, Jeff, it's so important to keep your eyes on Jesus. They've had people in their church, leaders in the churches they've attended, except for the last one they've attended, who've done really dumb things, immoral things. And she's like, got to keep your eyes on Jesus. Guys, if it's on, if we're relying on someone else, they got to be perfect. <laughs> and all of us will let someone down. Look, some of us who have walked away from faith because it didn't match a political party platform Look, political parties and platforms, they change, and they will continue to change because people change. But the good news of the gospel is that God doesn't change. So the second thing, not only is what God does for us, but it's what God does in us. See, God gifts us his spirit, his Holy Spirit, who lives in us. So the Holy Spirit lives in, in a follower of Jesus, and God changes us through his spirit. N notice what Paul writes. He says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And he continues, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. So the characteristics of this fruit is singular. is this, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So the word fruit is singular, and these are all the characteristics of what the Holy Spirit is attempting to produce in our lives. Now, here, here's the catch, and it really is a catch-22. It's that in order for us to live this type of life, we have to surrender to His Spirit. And this type of lifestyle is not manufactured on our own strength. It comes from the strength of the Holy Spirit. And so I believe that some of us who've walked away have walked away because faith was an attempt on your own strength. You, you try to do Christianity on your own. Look, the tension is that, guys, as, a, as human beings, we're emotional and we're inconsistent. And guys, even the most structured of us, we're still, we still lack follow-through. So, not only does he do something for us and in us, but the gospel is what God does through us. Think of it. Good works, sharing the gospel, accomplishing his plan, his will, his purposes. Notice what Jesus says. He says, remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Paul, 
builds onto that. And, and Paul writes this. He says, for we are God's masterpiece. We're his workmanship. And he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. The big takeaway out of those two verses is this, is the church is the movement that God has committed to using to get the good news out to the world. For those who would say that they left the church, but they haven't left Christ, it's hard to say that because the body is connected to the head. See, the church is the body, and Christ is the head of the church. You can't have one without the other. See, being part of a local church is God's plan for a follower of Jesus. So not only does the gospel, God does something for us, in us, through us, but he does something with us. God set us up as joint heirs with Jesus. So when we become a follower of Jesus, we're connected to Jesus. We're a joint heir. We're adopted into the family. That means that we have this privilege to rule and reign, reign with him for a thousand years. And after that, we spend eternity with God. Notice what John writes. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For them, the second death holds no power. But they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him, speaking of Jesus, a thousand years. He says, look, God's home, and speaking of eternity, is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death, or sorrow, or crying, or pain. All of these things are gone forever. Wow. The gospel is forever it's good news that will last for eternity why because god is eternal god is connected to his message if god is eternal his message is eternal last at the late last year we we did a series called no place like home and the focus of that series was our forever home should have our attention um, i want to show you guys a quick video of what some time was like at Massanutten with Brooke a few years ago. <laughs> Mommy, won't give me a <laughs> Hopefully you enjoy that because I know that I love watching it every time. The, the fact is, yeah, we, we pay for some time over in the western part of our state and we enjoy that time. We make the most of that time. We hang out. We cook together. We uh, golf together, fish together. We take walks together. We love it. The fact is, even before we even get there, for that week that we are there, Jenny will look at me, hey, did you lock the door? And I'm like, hey, did you turn off the iron? And then while we're there, we're still thinking about home. We're still thinking about Fredericksburg. We're still thinking about Hartwood. We're still thinking about our friends here. Why? Because this is where our heart is. This is where our mind is. Even though we're temporarily in Massanutten, we're still thinking about Fredericksburg. We're still thinking about Hartwood. And y'all, we, we all need to have sort of that approach. Where we ache for home. We ache for heaven. We ache for eternity. We ache for that. We realize that this life, just like Massanutten, we're out and then they clean and then a whole other family comes in and takes, <laughs> takes up residence. Guys, it's the same thing here. So hopefully, 
hopefully this prepares you for conversations with people. I really do. Like there are some people in your life who walked away and there are some who might be interested in following Jesus. Like with all of this said, it's important that you share the gospel, that you share what we talked about, that it's more than just fire insurance. It's, it's so much better than that. And as you talk with them, hopefully they open up and they share your story. See, it's so important to hear their story. The biggest thing is to find out why they either are interested in following Jesus or why they walked away from faith. Remember, talking with someone who has walked away from faith, it's a different story for everyone who's walked away from faith. See, the key to, to finding, as you dig more into their stories, to find out the why. And then apply the what, which is the gospel. So, like, for example, if someone that you know grew up in church and they re- repeated a prayer in order to go to heaven, but then as an adult, they walked away because someone in their life that they loved tragically passed away, the why they walked is because life wasn't fair. And quite honestly, I mean, I can't argue with them. They're, they are right. It's, it's not fair. But maybe they followed for the wrong reason. See, for some of us, we really don't understand that there's a difference between eternal life and heaven. They're two distinct things. Heaven is a place, and eternal life is a thing that happens to you when you believe. Your soul comes alive, and it never stops coming alive. So, some of us, I would like us to ask two or three questions. One, first, why did I decide to follow Jesus? And then maybe if you're not a follower of Jesus, ask yourself this, why did I decide to walk away from faith? But the question that all of us should ask is, how does the good news need to change me? How does the good news need to change me? Remember how we talked about how the gospel message isn't just for tomorrow, it's for today. That he gives us the power not just to save us, but he gives us the power to live each and every day. That eternal life doesn't start one day when I get to heaven. Eternal life starts the moment he makes me spiritually alive. So the gospel is as much about today as it is about tomorrow. Hopefully this has encouraged you to understand that the gospel is a beautiful story. And it's a powerful story. Powerful story. May we pray together? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the people on the other side of this lens. God, I'm asking right now that you will be drawing men and women, boys and girls, students to yourself. God, help them to see how awesome the gospel is. Help them to see and recognize that it's not about tomorrow. It's actually about today. That you give us the power to live. It's not easy being a Christian. It's not easy following, especially in our type of culture. But I, I believe that it's, it's worth it. It's worth living for Jesus because Life is so much better with Jesus as the leader. And so, Father, there are some that are listening that just need to surrender. Father, may they surrender their life to you. May they stop holding anything back. 
Father, for some of us, we went through some really difficult times and we're still going through some difficult times. We have people in our lives that are going through sickness. Maybe hospice was, has been called in. Father, we're asking you that you will help us to have the strength to get through that. You give us your spirit, not just for something down the road, but for anything that we live through today. God, if someone does not know you, that they would reach out to one of our hosts and they would hopefully be able to have the courage to do that and we would be glad to walk with them through the gospel and what it looks like to have Jesus as a leader in their life. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that we're able to meet together. In Jesus' name, amen.